your two-year-old was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you walk us through how that process went for you? When did you find out? Things like that. Uh, He was actually eight months old when he was diagnosed. Welcome back to another episode of We Grown? Question mark. I'm your host, Sean. This is Jess Moyo. And we have a special guest. This is Annabella. Annabella is my neighbor. Um, And I'm probably not supposed to say this, but one of my favorite neighbors. Like, (laughs) I'm so, I'm like, so all of us moved in around the same time. And it's just been such a great experience having neighbors that like, you actually care for because you know you sometimes you get neighbors that you're just like why are you here Uh (laughs) like Uh you know you see them you might do like a hey and then you keep on going but not annabella um her husband your best yeah (laughs) Yeah. um (laughs) (laughs) like i know i know we got the flaming hot cheetos ready and all but uh but those two they've just been such a great like addition to our lives and i'm really glad that you guys moved in at the same time that we did. So we thank you. <laughs> shucks, shucks. Um, we typically start things off with uh, what had you feeling grown? So please let us know. What had you feeling grown? Uh, my husband's retirement. Retirement. Come on, retirement. Congratulations. Uh, we're now stepping into this new life of uh, civilian world. What now? Yeah. Um, for him and I. So I think that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Retirement. <laughs> retirement is a big deal. Yeah. It's a big word because I'm like, I hear my cousins talk about retirement. I'm like, it is so far off for me. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that for y'all. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, like, we we went to the retirement ceremony. Uh, John and I went and we watched it, and it was just so. It was amazing to see. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, one, it was a beautiful day. Like, it really was. It out was of happy. all the days that it could have been, like, the sun was out. It was lovely to see. Um, and then you really, like, the message that they, like, spoke about Jeff. I mean, it, you can definitely see it. Um, my favorite part about it, because Jeff doesn't say many words. Right. Uh, Jeff is a man of few words. But when Jeff speaks, like, you know. So it was just great to see other people you know, like we always see you guys just as friends, as neighbors. So just seeing it in a different capacity. So, um, and then we, I we loved seeing you get honored too, because I know that was very. It's a time being in the military is hard on families as well. Uh, like you would know too, because you know you're also married to someone that was in the military. Um, you were in the military, so for a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I. I yeah, it's just a lot. So I'm excited for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a podcast, it's a video, and more. Okay. Can you give us like a little background of who you are, military life, family life? What does that look like for you? Uh, yeah, Jeff and I, um, we actually met in middle school. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, I moved away freshman year, and he continued in the same high school in the little town that we all grew up in. And uh, 
come Facebook time. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> we had lost contact, but once Facebook kind of got started to get really popular, um, I started coming across a lot of friends from our small hometown. Yeah. And uh, I kept seeing a Jeffrey Ledesma, and I thought, <laughs> we have so many mutual friends, but I didn't recognize him. And so... Uh, after many days of seeing that same picture pop up, and we had so many, I was like, oh, that's a little Jeff. He's <laughs> <laughs> like the little smart guy who's super cute, you know, all the girls super smart. And um, and after that, we kind of just started talking. He was actually in Afghanistan. He had just gotten mm-hmm. there um, not too long before that. And uh, so we did long distance for a bit, um, came together after he came back and got married in 2014 and I already had my oldest uh he met him when he was two just under two so he's been in his life since then we have three kids my 14 year old six year old and a two and a half year old Mm -hmm. um yeah I'm sorry I don't know no you're good yeah you're good Uh, yeah 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 I I mean we we love interacting with your kids too. Like it's just like y'all being our neighbors. It's just been so great. I mean, seeing how you guys are with your family, like your family, it's just a beautiful family in general. Like, and then I feel like you guys kind of like just kind of tell us come on over. We interact with y'all. We interact with the kids. It's just great seeing them run around. Um, it's great seeing them play with the dog. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like so, it's just it's it's fun to watch and it's very heartwarming um, to see. So, well, I guess speaking of kids, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Um, and that's kind of a big topic of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we have some facts that we're going to read off. So did you know cancer is the leading cause of death by disease in children under the age of 15? And even though improvements have been made in some areas, survival rates for childhood cancer remain low. One reason funding is substantially lower for children, the profits. The profits for pharmaceutical companies are not big. Childhood cancer is not rare. And when it comes to leukemia, it is the most common childhood cancer. There are 3,500 children diagnosed with leukemia each year in the United States. It makes up one-third of all pediatric cancers. And acute lymphoblastic leukemia and myeloma are the most costliest of the blood cancers to all health systems. Those high costs don't stop when treatment ends. All right. So we gave those facts because that's something that has directly impacted your family. Yeah. Um, your two-year-old was diagnosed with cancer. Um, can you walk us through how that process went for you? When did you find out? Things yeah. like that. Uh, he was actually eight months old when he was diagnosed. Wow. Um, what were the symptoms? My husband used to always caress his head. Like he would hold him and he would kind of rub the back of his head. And that's how he would caress him. And uh, he felt some lumps on the back and he just said you know I don't know that these are 
are normal. Maybe we should get them checked out. Maybe just make an appointment. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, no problem. Um, his pediatrician wasn't available that week, so they scheduled us in with um, someone else in the office, another pediatrician. And uh, at the time, I had already started noticing, like, little bruising on his legs. At the time, he wasn't uh, very mobile, crawling, walking. Yeah. So that was a little strange to me. He had little red dots all over his body, very tiny. So when we had, I was able to get him in and got him checked out. Um, the pediatrician said the the lymph nodes were swollen because maybe he was just getting over a viral infection. Mm -hmm. And the, our two other kids had been sick that week, so I didn't think anything of it. Uh, the bruising, she said it was probably because he was active. But in the back of my mind, I was like, well, not really, but yeah. I didn't question it I said okay no problem mm -hmm. um by that next night um the baby was on the floor he vomited very randomly he wasn't sick he was fine and I thought okay and he was starting to look pale at that time mm -hmm. um just the week before also he had bumped his head on a piece of furniture and it bruised so fast I mean mm -hmm. I have two other kids so I'm mm -hmm. kind of familiar with you know bruising bumps yeah. and, mm -hmm. but that bruised so quickly and I thought he's gonna be just like me I bruised so fast so easy and uh and so by his uh pediatrician appointment was Wednesday by Thursday was Thursday night he had vomited didn't think anything of it the next day he slept for like three hours and I thought wow he's sleeping a lot today um Again, no fever, no nothing. He vomited that morning again. Mm -hmm. By Saturday morning, I told my husband. He, he had woken up from a very long nap, and I told my husband, I'm going to take him to the urgent care just to be on the safe side, even if they tell me it's nothing, mm -hmm. just to be safe. Mm -hmm. Take him. Um, he was very lethargic, very, very lethargic. And um, I pointed out the little red dots. I pointed out the bruising. Uh, they did x-rays. They said uh, it was early bronchitis. Or, I'm sorry, pneumonia. Mm -hmm. Sent us home. <clears throat> said, come back tomorrow to urgent care just to, for a follow-up. I said, okay. Brought him back early that next morning because, again, in the morning, he just vomited very mm -hmm. randomly. No other symptoms. No fever, diarrhea, the usual yeah. things you see. Mm -hmm. Um Took him, and they also said, you know, oh, he's fine. He was very pale. And they said, uh, early bronchitis. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. Went on my way. Uh, Monday morning, first thing when they opened at his uh, pediatrician's office, I called, and I said, I was just at urgent care. Um, I need a follow-up. Uh, can you get him in? They got him in at, like, 9 in the morning. As soon as they woke up with his actual pediatrician mm -hmm. yeah. so as soon and I pointed out I kept pointing out like these little red dots and these little bruises this is strange yeah. and she looked at me and she says okay I'm gonna send you downstairs for labs and she was typing stuff up but she looked concerned and I said and he also has these little red dots and once she looked at that she really looked concerned she's like yeah I'm gonna get you downstairs right away and um I said, okay, no problem. We go down, get blood work. She says, um, be on standby. I'll call you as soon as I get 
the results in. I said, okay, no problem. I get home. Uh, the whole time, I'm like, just give me the antibiotics <laughs> that I need. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking it's just mm-hmm. yeah, something normal. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think anything of it. Get home. Not even an hour goes by. My phone rings. Doctor calls. And she says, uh, uh, I've spoken to one of the oncologists at uh, Rady's Children's Hospital, which is in San Diego, and um, we're pretty certain it's leukemia. And I had her on speaker with my husband there. And uh, she says, you know, I'm so sorry. And I'm listening to her. I'm like, okay. And um, she says, I need you to get to the hospital. You know, she says, pack some bags. She says, not for a night, but for a few nights I said Mm. okay no problem Mm. and um she says you have about three hours to get here she's like don't rush don't panic you know just calm down I'm okay no yeah sure hang up my husband jumps up and we're trying to figure out how to get our six five-year-old at the time four-year-old four and a half uh he was in date at daycare go get him we're calling grandma at the time I have no clue what leukemia is so mm-hmm. I have, n- I don't know yeah. what is, uh, what's happening. He leaves to go get our son. I'm like in a panic, kind of going in circles, Googling leukemia. Mm-hmm. And I keep seeing cancer. I'm like, what is cancer? Like, what? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and uh, we rushed into the hospital and we, we can't tell you really what that first day was like. Yeah. 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 Even a month later, my husband and I are like, I couldn't describe to you what that hospital room looked like we don't remember we were in such shock Shock. yeah yeah wow that's a lot right jeez yeah and it's pretty common for kids uh to not get their diagnosis right away because Mm -hmm. a lot of these um pediatricians don't know don't know the symptoms yeah and Interestingly enough, um, I've had my other two kids as pediatricians when they hear, you know, that we do have history of uh, cancer because of our little one. They'll ask, how did they get he get diagnosed? What were the symptoms? I had Mm -hmm. my own primary doctor ask me what were the symptoms Mm -hmm. because they don't know and they want to know. Yeah. What to look look for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So So is it the blood work that led to the diagnosis right, then. Right, yeah. His white blood cells and uh, I don't know exactly what else yeah. it was, um, was really high and that's what leukemia does. It just takes over your good, good cells. Okay. Um, so if someone is concerned that it could be an option, you would say, go to your doctor, tell them to do blood work. Even if you, even if you aren't sure what it is, just ask, can Mm -hmm. I just get blood work done to check for all possibilities? And they don't default to doing blood work. It'll it'll take quite a few appointments to get get blood work done. Right. We were very surprised to find that out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, you went to the doctor, you went to urgent care, you went to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Like it seems like it, that took some time. Yeah. Um, a lot of kids take weeks. Yeah. 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 That's, that's kind of just showing normal, you know, oh, they have the flu. Oh, yeah. There's just, just so many things that are childhood related that is just like, oh, you know, this is this and this is that. Like, it's not leukemia, but for my diagnosis as a child, like, 
the doctor was just like, oh, she probably just has a urinary tract infection. Like, that's why she's, you know, using the bathroom and wetting the bed. You know, like, it's it's fine. It's normal. And it wasn't until, you know, we're on vacation and my mom was like, this is not normal. Let's go to a hospital. And they're like, oh, they should have done a blood test or they should have did a urinary analysis versus just saying like, oh, this is probably what it is. Mm-hmm. And my mom was so mad with the pediatrician because she's like, you, we took her to you to like, yeah. you know, examine what these symptoms were. So that's how I feel about urgent care. Yes, I yes, will never same. take my kids to urgent care again. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're fine, you know, to take your kids there. But because of my experience, yeah, with them, yeah. I yeah. felt like they could have done more. Yeah, I mean, even uh, some of the nurses there that second day when I went again, they said, "Does he look pale?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah," but yeah. no one, no one did anything. Yeah. I they, think that's a it's a huge problem in hospitals. They're just trying to get people in, in and, and out. out. Because mm-hmm. when my brother was sick, we took him to like an emergency room and they were like, oh, he has pneumonia. And they yeah. gave him pneumonia medicine, right. which made his issue like 10 times worse. Oh, wow. So when yeah. he finally got to a doctor, it was like critical. Mm-hmm. And they were doing emergency things where... It had been maybe three days of him taking this medicine he shouldn't have been taking. So I'm always like very skeptical of what I can accept. Like, don't yes. just don't just go with the first Same, diagnosis. Yeah. Why do you think it's that? Can we do follow ups? Mm-hmm. Can yeah. we get an X-ray? Can we do blood work? Because they're just trying to get you in and out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it, I don't know if we can really fault them right. because that's just how they. Maybe that's how they're being trained. But it is scary to. To know that if they diagnose you wrongly, it could be fatal. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely the concern, and I and I get it from the perspective of like communities, you know, that's going to be like your first level access versus waiting in a hospital room or you know in a hospital ER waiting room for you know hours to get seen. It's just like yeah. you know the patient care or the emergency room, not emergency room. What is it? Um, what is it called? like the urgent care? Urgent care. Yeah, like they're they're more accessible. And yeah. the wait time is going to be lower. So you'll right. get that response. But I don't know, even if they, if you request blood work from them, are they going to run the right test too? That's also like kind of the concern. Or yeah. are they going to know how to read the results in a different manner where it's like, oh, well, you know, like your blood cell count or your, your white blood cell count might be higher if you have like a cold or a flu or something and they're just not reading it properly. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm personally not a fan of, you know, urgent care. I would prefer to go to a hospital, but that's me. <laughs> that's me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even depending on the hospital, it could be It's vary. still like, scary. It's, yeah. It just depends on where you go. So you have yeah. to find somewhere you're comfortable with. Yeah. And you have people you can trust. People you can trust. Or yeah. like if you have a family member who is in that field that you can mm-hmm. be like, yeah. take, go with me. Because they usually know the right things to ask yeah. or right. like things like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's a scary thing. Yeah. I mean, and then you had, you know, your other kids. So I'm, it's, I'm glad that you were able to see like, you know what? Well, they didn't go through this. Yeah. Like, these mm-hmm. things seem to be really standing oh, out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So um, I bet that was very helpful um, for you. I mean, because, you know, you were persistent and going back. Like, yeah. This doesn't seem right. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 I love that you were like he said, persistent about like, no, I'm not going to just accept like, this is it. Like, there's still something wrong with my child. Like, I'm going to continue to ask questions until we get the answer that's going to help him. I love that. Mm -hmm. I do have a question. Like, how would you say like your family and community were 
um, supportive or helpful in that time? Like, how would you say that that was like part of you guys getting through this? Amazing. Amazing. If there was something good that came out, it was definitely that seeing this community of people that we didn't even know come from everywhere trying to help us. And uh, we I don't we couldn't have done it without all of that. I mean, we had our military family on base uh, signing up for my kids to cook them home cooked meals and bringing mm-hmm. them every night, you know, while I was at the hospital with my baby. Um, gift cards, prayers. Uh, and there was, <laughs> there was a few that really thought about me, you know, being in the hospital mm-hmm. away from my kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, having to go through that, that stood out to me because uh, when we, he first was diagnosed, uh, we didn't have time to prepare. Yeah. And yeah. so a lot of the, they were bringing toys for the baby. They were bringing, you know, for all the other kids. But I was there and people really thought, what, it, what about her, you know? Yeah. Like, or what about dad, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember those first few days, my husband and I, we're like, what What good is going to come out of this? Mm-hmm. What, what good when we're on the other side? How do we give back? Mm-hmm. Even in those first few days. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, oh, my God, those moms, those moms that, you know, probably aren't getting the attention that that they, they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm grateful for all those that not just thought about my family, my, my sons, but about me, too, and dad. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's also something that, everybody could probably take away is like how do you support even strangers like that are going through something like this and that's remembering that each person is a whole person and while yes you know we're caring for this child like they're still putting their all into that and so when you're putting your all into that like you kind of like put stuff up for yourself on the wayside so even just considering the mom or the dad or you know the other kids like that definitely helps like bring this this experience like okay i can kind of like rest right yeah yeah uh, and family too we were in san diego and our uh, family is based in los angeles area mm. so it was about two hour drive from where we were um because of covid and uh the baby's immune system we only allowed my brother-in-law my sister-in-law and my cousin to come into our home but they were there to help us, you know, in anything that we needed. Granted, more people could have helped, but unfortunately, because yeah. of all of those restrictions, yeah. we could only kind of pick and choose who we were going to be like, okay, these are going to be our primary people to come help us. But they were just, what do you guys need? Can I go help? I'll go take care of the kids. Can I bring some food? So yeah, that's good. That's very touching. Awesome. Yeah, I, feel, I mean, you know, having COVID on top of that makes yeah. it even more challenging because, like, I remember you were telling us before, like, I mean, like, so we were just talking about how it affects everyone in the family. So, like, how were the your other kids during that time, too? Like, how did that affect them? Uh, Devin, uh, I feel like it affected him the most because he's our middle son. He didn't quite comprehend what was going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You know, his mom was taken away and just in an instant. And I didn't get to see him for weeks. I mean, I was mm-hmm. at the hospital with my son that it was about uh, just over a month that I was in the hospital with my little one. And uh, 
in that month, I mean, it was weeks before I got to see my kids. Um, so I think it was hard for him just like, why is it mom here? You know, mm-hmm. where's my baby brother? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest for the first time was away from me for about six months. He went to be with his dad uh, for a bit also. Um, thankfully, they were doing remote school mm-hmm. schooling. So mm-hmm. he was able to do that um, while I would just spend time in the hospital and uh, after his frontline treatment which consisted of about six months uh actually i think like eight months um i'd go to doctor visits and my son devin the first time they dropped uh, dad dropped me and the baby off for a visit i got out of the car I went to go say bye to him. I said, I'll be right back. And he, you could just see like the panic in him. Mm-hmm. He was starting to like get teary eyed because he thought, here goes mm-hmm. mom again, yeah. going to the hospital. I probably yeah. won't see her, mm-hmm. you know. So I had to, for quite some time after that, I had to explain to him like, I'll be back. Don't worry. I'm not going to stay. Mm-hmm. I'll be right back. And yeah. like, okay, okay. So coping yeah. with that was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... How long was your entire journey and what does life look like now that you're, I guess, on the other side? I know they talked about in the thing that it continues. What is what does that look like? So we he did frontline treatment and then he enters a maintenance phase, which is the longest phase of treatment. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, chemo from home. And um, he has until November 25th of this year to have completed two years of treatment and he'll get to ring the bell okay yeah we're looking forward to that (laughs) yes it's still very scary i mean he had some he had liver toxicity back in uh november of last year that kind of caught him off guard Mm -hmm. he had the throwing up again randomly in the mornings and that's Mm -hmm. always a very scary sign for us and sure enough they thought oh it's probably his the flu that he was having that were making his numbers kind of go wonky and uh sure enough it was his liver uh so he had to be admitted into the hospital and it was it was was scary Mm -hmm. but thankfully he's he's doing great now and we're looking forward to the end of November. <laughs> For those unfamiliar, liver toxicity is an injury to the liver or impairment of the liver function caused by exposure to xenobiotics such as drugs, food additives, alcohol, chlorinated solvents, peroxides, fatty acids, and other things. And y'all don't y'all don't know like Dustin is He's like wild. the most <laughs> yes like Dustin is a, a thug. No, like, he's so happy. He's yes. always so happy. Yes, he's like, hi, friend. Oh, he loves hi, friends. Friend. He likes being outside. Yeah, he does. He we always see him. Like, cause sometimes we'll like we'll be walking, and I'll see him like run across, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the, like, and I'll see you running after him because he be moving too. Yeah, he's very that's good energetic. that he's still in like good spirits yeah. and that the whole process didn't mm-hmm. negatively affect so him. many kids you know on social media that i follow they all just they're amazing they're resilient they're yeah. you know they face this with a smile on their face with joy in their heart mm-hmm. and you're just like how i could never yeah you know? 
So brave. So brave. I love that. I really do. Is there anything you would want to, anything that we didn't cover in this episode that you want to like bring awareness to so we can. Like advocacy groups or ways people could get involved, um, ways people can support. Like, I think, and I and I guess I'm I'm saying it from the perspective of like somebody who didn't know as much about childhood cancers. Like the probably the most exposure we all have is the St. Jude commercials, mm-hmm. and it's like, but there's more out there. So right. like, is, are there any other ways that you found have been effective or that you all, you know, routes that you all take to continue to um, help educate other people, but also support families and children who are experiencing this? Um, fundraising in the month of uh, September, um, donating to a lot of the smaller organizations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, St. Jude, I feel it's so big. Right? Yeah. They, they, yeah. They get, Probably they get all the money. The yeah. Money. Yeah. Um, but there's so many other small ones we had actually, uh, and John and Sean were there for it, which uh, Dustin had a place set built for him. Uh, that's another nonprofit that, you know, they, they live off of donations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's another that's kind of like a make a wish, but a lot smaller. They also uh, make dreams come true for, for uh, kids. By raising funds, mm-hmm. uh, they all have like a quota to meet, and um, so a lot of the smaller organizations. Uh, if you know of a family in a hospital, uh, Uber Eats, DoorDash—we lived yeah. off of those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, those were always great. Yeah, That's we great definitely enough. can get some of the links to the ones that you know, so yeah. we can put them in the that description. I would love that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know um, you talked about like the profits uh, of the pharmaceutical companies being inhibitors to making the drugs more affordable. And so like, I know I'm a part of um, patients for affordable uh, medications. And so have you all like taken part in any of those where you're advocating for like affordable drugs and whether you are or uh, other people of the organization are going out and speaking on Capitol Hill saying like, hey, this is something that should be legislated to help families, you know, survive and live and thrive. I don't know personally of any, but I no do problem. know we have experience with like TRICARE, you know, yeah. trying to get Dustin's chemo. And uh, we were actually in November, I had gone down with Dustin's prescription for his chemo, Johns Hopkins, like I had in the past, get his prescription. And they said, oh, yeah, um, we can't give you this anymore because we're not in network with TRICARE anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do I do now? Yeah. So we ha- I had to go back home. I called over 20 pharmacies because his chemo was supposed to be in liquid form. So mm-hmm. It was supposed to be compounded. And um, they would tell me, like, no, either they weren't in network with TRICARE or um, they couldn't compound it for us. Mm-hmm. So finally, I, I ran up. I mean, I called CVS, Target, um, all the uh, Costco, all Walgreens, all the big names, yeah. and even the smaller ones, and they had said no. And um, so I called the nurse back, and I said, no one's – I can't find 
anyone to help me out. Mm -hmm. So she ended up calling one of the smaller um, pharmacies and she says, look, you know, this is for a baby. (laughs) He needs his medicine. And thankfully we found an angel because he said, fine, like, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for Dustin while he's in treatment. I'll special order it for him. She guided him how to get it ordered for him. So thankfully we've been there, but they just told us like, uh, we're not going to be in network with TRICARE anymore. That's crazy. They they had a big Mm -hmm. fallout, I guess, with a big pharmaceutical, like her, Kirkwood? I don't know. Uh, Tricare did you're saying? Yeah. Tricare, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm guess. Uh, I think I know what you. I think I know which one you're talking mm-hmm. about. I don't remember the name. Right yeah, now. I I can't pronounce the but name. But it's a big but network. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's and that's fortunate. It's disappointing that they're in a field where they can make such a huge difference in people's lives, and it still comes down to the dollar amount. Like it blows my mind. It really blows my mind. It really does. But. I do love the fact that you had a nurse that was willing to like also step up and like help you find the right places. And then even a, you know, a pharmacy where the person's like, okay, like I'm not used to this, right? but you know, if you walk me through it, we can do this. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I have a question about, so that is here. I mean, then you were also like in California going through this Mm -hmm. as well. So how was there, how was that transition from like California to here? Like, was it was a it- little difficult in the beginning, only because we were so used to our doctors and nurses there coming here. Uh, all of these nurses, you know, are so attached to the mm-hmm. kids that started their journey there. But mm-hmm. here we are; we don't know them, but we've been in this journey for about a year now, and so it was it was hard, kind of sitting there and seeing them walk by and going towards their little ones that they know already, you know, or uh, having a relationship and a friendship with those kids. And um, we were kind of off to the side, just waiting for our doctor to come grab us and take us to the back. But thankfully now we're, we're good. Everyone knows little Justin. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like, he's getting so big. I'm like, I know his hair's wild. (laughs) (laughs) So it was difficult at first, but we're, we're doing good now. And then how was it? How was the military? Like, aspect of that like supportive i I, no, i feel um we were blessed to have so much support from a lot of people but i feel like our military family really really went above and beyond for us um jeff's work you know his bosses were like don't even come to work don't worry about it take care of home we got this here at that. work, you mm-hmm. know. So thankfully, the entire frontline t- treatment, he didn't even go to work. Yeah, we're we're very fortunate for that because mm-hmm. I know a lot of families struggle with dad not being able to take off from work, so he has to be, you know, at mm-hmm. work missing this crucial time. Yeah, I think the military is very good at focusing on family. Like That's no true. matter what, even yeah. if you're going through a divorce, they'll be like fix it (laughs) fix this marriage (laughs) before you come back like they're always very family oriented so i feel like you already get that support just with your husband deploying yeah even for like two weeks you have the military spouses being like what do you need Mm -hmm. can i go get some groceries for you do you need help with the kids so with this it it was even like more yeah 
Oh, yeah. That's good. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it's kind of sad that we're not part of them anymore. <laughs> I bet. How do you think that's now that now that he's retired, how do you think your relationship will be with your military family that you've left? Oh, I hope it's the same. <laughs> I met some really great great uh women. They're uh, moms and you know, going through Dustin's journey. I remember uh, the first chance I got to go home, I sent out a group message to my my girls, you know, in the cul-de-sac where we lived. And I said, hey, girls, I'm coming home. Can I meet you guys outside? They were out there waiting <laughs> for me. It was like group hug, tears. But that's that was my military family, my yeah. friends that really... Yeah. Yeah, I know everybody kind of, every couple years you're going somewhere different. So as those people start to, you know, scatter across wherever they end up, do you think you'll still keep in touch? Or I still do. I was actually just there in, uh, in, for my birthday in March. I went back to Oceanside, which is where we were stationed. And I had like a little girls, we- girls weekend yeah. there with them. So, I mean. That's, that's good. good. Yeah. 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 So are you a like stay at home mom? Do you, or do you have a career outside of that? I know you bake mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in the another yeah. episode. No, I'm just a stay at home mom. Okay. Yeah. It's not just a yeah. stay at home. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't do it. <laughs> I am just a stay at home mom. Yeah. <laughs> I think stay at home moms say that a lot. Like just it's like you are you are a stay at home mom and you have to take care of three kids. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah I only lot. have to take care of mine sometimes, <laughs> and it's like, all right, when do I get to return them? <laughs> yeah. Return yeah. them to daycare. The please. original work from home, like, but in this sense of work never leaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and you still have a baby, kind of. He's still in that he mm-hmm. needs you phase for a, for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely can't go back to work right now. <laughs> <laughs> Even though sometimes I want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Understand that. Yeah. So you have three kids, as we've covered. Mm-hmm. Would you say all of them were planned? If you don't mind us asking that, and kind of like how you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to ask that appropriately. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, like when you when you blend a family and then you have more kids, like how how did you guys go about that? Was it just kind of like you know we'll see what God has I for kept us? Bugging for Devin, <laughs> I didn't really want a Devin. I mean, I don't know <laughs> about the other that ones. <laughs> I think because it was going to be Jeff's first child, he was a little scared, a little nervous. It took some convincing. <laughs> but then once he was here, he was just like, I love fatherhood. Oh, <laughs> let's have another one and another one. <laughs> yeah. Two kids, I was already ready to be done. Mm-hmm. But it's like, maybe we'll have a girl. So Dustin was supposed to be the girl. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're definitely done. <laughs> yeah. And then you got Rusty. Oh, now we have Rusty. Yeah. Another boy. <laughs> boy dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a question that we had um, about World Leukemia Day. This year's World Leukemia Day, which fell on September 4th, theme is what does leukemia mean to you? 
So we'd love to ask you, what does leukemia mean to you? Uh, uh, Community, um, hardship, pain, um, but also appreciating the little moments in life that we take for granted, Mm -hmm. whether it's being able to be at home, uh, cooking a meal for your family, sitting around the table together, being united, um, enjoying a drink with friends at home, (laughs) going out for dinner, uh, sunshine, sunlight on your skin. I will never take that for granted again. Um, So definitely little things in life, appreciating them more. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that's a good way to wrap up this episode. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being so open with us and sharing with us. I think I know I've learned a lot because I don't think, like I said before, like I don't think I've been exposed as much to the childhood cancers that are out there, let alone the how common they can be. Um, so we really appreciate you educating us on the on the topic and sharing your journey, sharing yeah. Justin's journey. We're very grateful to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for having Thank me. You. <laughs> Thank you. And me thanks too. everyone for watching. Um, please check out the links. We will try to put the links. We will put the links in the description. Um, we'll try to post them on our Instagram and things like that so that you can support some of the causes um, yeah. that are out there. That are actually making the an impact. Ones. Yeah. yeah. Also yeah. for um, no in November for Thanksgiving and uh Christmas time, uh, I started last year um, gathering donations and um, actual gifts to donate to Johns Hopkins for those spending the holidays in the hospital, inpatient. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to look out for that too. Yes, yes, yes for sure. Definitely. For sure. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you. you again. Thanks, everyone. See y'all See next you time. on the next episode. Love y'all. Bye.